hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Today, we've got a different episode coming at you. We recorded a town hall meeting live with Justin and Caitlin Agar, uh, chock full of education and entertainment, and you guys asked a lot of great questions. If you missed it, here's your opportunity to check it out. Get a pen and pad out. Get ready to take some notes. It's a good one. Before we get into it, I got to give you a quick shout out to my friends over at Smart Choice. Canopy Connect, and CoverDesk. You'll hear more from them on the episode, but I did want to let you know I I truly believe in all three of my sponsors. Uh, If you uh, are in need of a virtual assistant uh, or looking for a way to save some time in your staff, please check out CoverDesk.com. If you're looking for um, a way to get those deck pages easier and faster and uh, get ready to improve your customer experience and your onboarding experience, go to usecanopy.com. Also, if you're looking to add some markets or manage your markets better, or just looking for a network to get involved with, check out smartchoiceagents.com. Today, like I said, we get into a great conversation uh, about all kinds of good stuff with my good friends, the Agars, Justin and Caitlin. And I I just, I want to get out of the way quickly so you can check it out. Sit back, relax, and check out my conversation with the Agars. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are officially live in the town hall meeting. We've already had a good time chit-chatting, and y'all can't see this if you're listening audibly, but we've got a who's who in the crowd today already, and I'm super pumped about it. So, uh, But today in the town hall, I've got Justin and Caitlin Agar, who've become personal friends of mine. I love them dearly, and I love to see what they're doing but for those of you who don't know them, I don't know which one. Do you want to go ladies first, Justin? One of you go ahead and get the party started and tell us a little bit about why. Hey Keith, ladies always go first, my friend. So, so Caitlin's the rock star here. I am, I'm just her entourage, so uh, yeah, I'm along for the ride. She's got a good-looking well, entourage. But go ahead and tell <laughs> us uh, about where you guys, your humble beginnings, where you started, where you're at now, and why I invited you here, what you guys are doing a little bit. Uh, just briefly go over some of that for me, please. Yeah. Caitlin, you, you want me to jump in? Well, sure. Go right ahead, Justin. Kick us okay. off. All right. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to line up Caitlin. So Caitlin uh, and I joined insurance in 2011 and, um, and we had no sales experience. We had, uh, I, I had no sales experience. Caitlin actually was a, a, a really good salesperson from a, her prior organization we walked in, we opened our agency and never having sold insurance before. And uh, I was probably bad at it. I, you know, I, in retrospect, we all have these kind of things. Uh, I wasn't Justin, great. Um, just, to, just to expound on exactly how much sales experience you had before you opened your insurance agency. Was there anything you'd sold before you sold insurance? Oh, man, I sold Persian rugs in college. Uh, <laughs> and I say that I think I sold Persian rugs. All I did is deliver them to old ladies' homes and break my back. And I'm not sure if I actually ever sold anything out of it. It's just a lot of work and, and not much love. So, um, and and let's be real. My so I was just physical labor. I was not actually a salesperson in that. I was uh, I thought I was a salesperson, but I wasn't. So, um, but we started our first. We, we were a captive agent. So we started. You know, we joined a captive organization in 2011, and uh, it was Caitlin and I at the time. And um, and we hired our first person really early on and this guy had anger issues. And so it was, he was gone within a week because he, he couldn't, he couldn't stand a woman telling him what to do. And I was like, yeah, you're, you're, you know, you're kind of barking up the, the wrong tree there on this one. So, um, 
walked him out and it was Caitlin and I alone in the office uh, a week later trying to figure out what the heck is insurance and why do people want it and why are we relevant? And, um, you know, and it took a while to figure that out. Uh, you know, we spent years and what we didn't know on the insurance side, you know, what we weren't taught or trained or whatever else we worked 12, 14 hour days, six, seven days a week, uh, for our first couple of years and, and just kind of put the grind in, you know, and, and just kind of fought, fought the good battle to, to get to where we were. And, if I was fortunate to have Caitlin because Caitlin is a, is a process machine. And so like, if you get, if you ever see her in person and she's doing something, um, she, her focus is intense. And so she's an incredible no salesperson, <laughs> but, but she will literally sit there and grind on calls and just like, like methodically go through it. And so, you know, back in the day, you know, we, we stepped in and she was selling, you know, 40, 50, 60 policies with no training and you know, us just figuring it out just by sheer will and, and determination. So um, she's actually the real rock star here. She's, you know, sophisticated. She's, uh, you know, very good at what she does. She's great at process. She just, uh, she knows insurance now. And so, um, I, I appreciate that she's been, uh, you know, our partner for a long time in, in all of this. And, uh, I would not be where, where I am today without that. So thanks babe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look how sweet. Look how sweet. Oh, you can't beat that intro. So. <laughs> no, you can't. Caitlin, talk to us a little bit about some of those process, some of that at the beginnings, tell your side of this a little bit, and then we'll dive into some meat and get some questions going. Oh, absolutely. That first agency that we opened was so much fun. And we really did work pretty much all day, every day there for a while. And we tried everything and failed at lots of things. So <laughs> Justin left out the part where our first year in insurance, we sold 400 renters policies because the organization- I can sell renters. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, they were, you know, it was one of the things they were bonusing at the time. So we went for it and it wasn't what they were bonusing for the next year. So we learned that lesson really quickly. Well, let me time. jump in on this story. So the company that we work for, the captive, you know, these, these captive organizations, they're like, Hey, here's some some random thing for you to hit your numbers so that you can get up on a stage and get an award. And we thought that mattered early on, right? So like back in the day when we first started our business, that's what we wanted to do is, is, is be somebody, you know, hit somebody else's goals. And along the way, we realized that none of these organizations actually have our best interest at heart. And so that first year they said, Hey, if you if you sell a bunch of renters policies, you're gonna max out this thing and you're gonna look really good. Uh, and I was like, oh man, I want to look good. So, you know, let's sell some renters. So we crushed renters, but the the truth behind the story is that we were in, you know next to Chicago. Our renters were like all monoline, and so it was all just a, a stupid seventy dollar policy that we were selling. And we sold a lot of them, and they came around the back at the end of the year. And they, they they patted patted us on the back and were like, "You guys are rock stars. You guys are awesome. How did you do it?" Um, and I was like, "Oh, I bought some internet leads and sold some insurance, I guess." You know, and so and then the next year they changed the the bundle focus, the the, the bonus focus to multi line. Um, so we had this massive switch where our bundling, our, our multi-line was 35% after that first year. And they changed it and completely switched us. And we bottomed out on, on everything. Um, and, and it took me two years to dig out of that hole that I dug the first year by chasing bad business, you know, uh, which is monoline renters. And so by the end of the two years, we had an 80 plus percent uh, you know, bundling, but it was, it was two years of, of hard work to kind of clean up the mistake along the way that we, we, we learned that good business should drive all of our decision-making process, you know, ROI, the cash flow. Um, no matter what your company is telling you, uh, it comes down to you being a business owner and, and you making wise business to, you know, decisions along the way. And so that was a super poignant thing that we learned. And Caitlin, I, I hate to, I hated to take over there, but I, I want to hand the reins back because I, I'm just going to fade back uh, with Ryan here. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was such a cute, like hometown local insurance agency in a really cute, like boutique setting. And so we really started off 
really trying to work our referrals and get involved in the Chamber of Commerce. We did all the community events um, that you can think of. We would show up at every 5K with snow cones. We would show up at the every festival with the water bottles. We were at every uh, business group. And we just, I, I feel like I'm a lot better at networking now, but 10 years ago, I, we were trying to show up, trying to meet people and it just was not clicking. And so we started to think like, how are we going to scale this? Like, you never know when a referral is going to come in. We were making relationships with mortgage brokers and those were helping, but we wanted to write even more business. And that's when we really started um, dabbling in internet leads for the first time. And so my, my insurance career really started with me on the phones, working internet leads, selling car and home ins umbrella insurance over the phone. And um, even to this day, that's really one of my favorite topics in sales training, because uh, it's one of my, one of the things that I do now at, at quantum in the education team, but I just absolutely love selling insurance over the phone. And I feel like during that time, I finally like figured out how it works and how to get somebody to do business with you over the phone and then still have good retention. But we, we definitely tried everything. We don't, don't try free coffee Fridays. No one wants to like stop by your agency for a free coffee when Starbucks. I thought we like, poisoned the coffee. They, they were driving around like the side, other side of the street to get away from us. So, <laughs> so uh, I want to I want to stop you for a minute, Caitlin and Justin, and whoever else that may want to jump in here because that is kind of a dirty word with the internet leads, and and a lot of mm. people want to fight you on that and say that's a terrible way of doing things. But obviously, you're still doing it today, and it's still working somewhat, and, and all of that. So you know, talk to me through that a little bit. If anybody wants to jump in and, and offer to fight one of them, um, Ron's got their back. So go ahead and try it. <laughs> yeah, go for yeah. it. I I totally get it. Uh, what were you going to say, Justin? <laughs> Here's the deal. There's there's not just one way to do business, right? And I don't think that any of us believe that there's just one way to do business. But if you're trying to figure out a way to exascale your organization, if you're trying to figure out a way where you can pull a lever and get this result out of it and get it tomorrow, there's not many things that you can do where you can get that kind of predictable work, where you put a, a, a money, you know, you put a coin in the slot, you pull the lever and you get this thing out of it. You know what I mean? So I don't love internet leads. Like I'm not, I don't wake up in the morning and being like, oh my God, thank you for internet leads. You know, we, they're, they're a massive part of our business. We write a ton of business through them, but, but it's not, you know, it's just one of the different avenues that, that we market on. And, and so, you know, I don't, I don't want people to think that we think that internet leads is the only way that you can do business. You should be getting referrals. You should be doing things that are meaningful and building relationships and, and, you know, working your circle of influence and talking about what you're passionate about, which is insurance. Um, but internet leads are something that you can scale. You know, there's something that, that you can put money into. And, and if you're committed to the process of internet leads and what it takes to be successful on that side, because it's dramatically different than quoting your mom, it's you know, dramatically different than, than, than quoting a referral. Uh, if you're willing to do what it takes to do that side, you can make money on it. And I'm not saying that it's the holy grail. I'm not saying that it's a silver bullet to insurance because that thing doesn't exist. Um, but what I am saying is, is that you can make money on it and you can scale an, an organization with it. Well, yeah. with a lot of processes and a lot of you know procedures with that and how to do that cor correctly. Could you jump into that for a minute, Caitlin? Sure. Well, this month I'm training a class of new sales leaders to quantum. And so once they're out of training and education, they'll each have a pod of, of team members that they're in charge of. So I'm loving this class because I get, um, get to really work with like a whole group of leaders all at one time. And they've all been in the industry for a long time, except for one of them who's new to insurance. But they have a ton of experience selling insurance every other way, except through internet leads. And so internet leads are new to them. 
And so one of the first things we did was um, a lead management workshop on the different types of lead sources. So I think the first step is really knowing your lead sources in and out because the sales conversation is different for every single one. So we worked through everything from the difference between an a data lead or a warm transfer to a, ref a client referral, the difference between a client referral and like an industry synergy referral for mortgage or real estate and um, how that's different from a referral in your circle of influence. And we talk about what the cost of acquisition is on average per lead, what the close ratio is per lead so that they understand the lead economics. I think that's helpful um, while you're working on filling your pipeline because you really want your salespeople to understand how their pipeline works so that they can control it, right? We want them to have that internal locus of control. We want them to be drivers. And so they really have to understand how this all works together. And then we start talking about like, what are the, um, what are the advantages of this lead source? What are some of the drawbacks or common pit pitfalls, things to be aware of? And then we start talking about the sales conversation, like how will you prepare for this lead? What script are you going to need? So every single lead source has its own uh, objections and hurdles that you're going to have to overcome. Even if you have that amazing client referral, that's awesome. But they're probably going to tell you that they're midterm and they're not up for renewal yet. That's totally overcomable, but we need to be ready for it. And internet leads are no different. They may tell you, oh, I already have a bunch of quotes coming in or I'm not shopping right now. And we can overcome that objection as well. So we make sure that they have a really good understanding of how these lead sources work to their advantage. And that way they're going to spend time in training, getting prepared and really learning those scripts. So we really get their buy-in on where internet leads fit into their marketing strategy and their sales pipeline, because it's a key ingredient in the process, not the whole mix, like Justin mentioned. And then we start working on scripts that really work. And it's just really important to us at Quantum that we don't sound like a call center. We want agents, uh, our clients to know that they reached a real agent who's going to walk them through everything, customize it for them. We never rush clients off the phone. We don't have a um, an average handle time where they have to finish a call in a certain amount of time. And so um, we talk through the trusted advisor approach and how to overcome objections to the quote. So you have enough at bats because if you can't overcome objections to the quote, you're not going to have anybody to close and then pivoting into a trusted advisor consultation. Um, and then once they've mastered those milestones, then we work on closing it. All right. That's awesome. Um, Ryan, go ahead. You just typed a whole bunch in there and you're huffing and puffing all that typing. Hey, Ryan. I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to unmute and go ahead and ask that question because I think it's awesome. All right. It's probably for Caitlin. Um, so uh, we built a pretty large agency and I think our biggest struggle by far is we did not have a good education process for our agents. We just did not do a good job of bringing them in, incubating them and having uh, kind of that six month uh, you know, tender approach to getting their business up and running. As, as you guys know, that's the hardest part. That's the make or break when it comes to agents. So how do you guys bring agents in and how do you do such a good job of, you know, kind of incubating them over the first six months to get them kind of over that hump that everybody kind of experiences in insurance? And real quick, can I jump in on this if you guys don't mind? I think that's one of the problems that we actually have in the independent channel. Um, with a lot of the way that this is built out with kind of the aggregators and clusters, and that kind of stuff, that model doesn't always tie itself to really good education. And I know that, you know, Heath, you're working on that. And and that's actually something that people are putting their fingers on. But the lack of, you know, when, when these when these when people start a cluster and, and just say, hey, the only thing that matters is getting the carriers and the appointments are all that that, that, that matters. That's not actually the case. Actually, being a capable business owner is, is, is the most important tool that you have in your arsenal. Um, so 
so you have to be committed as a customer or an aggregator or an agency, whatever that thing is. You have to actually care about people's first six months in the first place, and you have to be willing to dedicate resources to it. And you can't just take money out of that thing and then hope for the best and not actually invest education resources and, and really put a lot into that time. Because you're, you're absolutely right that that most most agencies in our space end up at 500000 to a million dollars and never go anywhere else. You know, they end up, I call them, you know, I call them cannon fodder, these small agencies that come in and they can't grow past that because they didn't get the ed- education and mentorship and everything else they needed. Um, so Kayla can, can speak to specifically what we do. Um, but I actually think that's a massive uh, black eye kind of in the IA channel right now is, is, is the, the education that's lacking to really get agents up and running and get them through their paces for the first six months or year. So and anyways, Caitlin. Sure, absolutely. I love talking about training and education. I was a agency owner for several years and never thought about doing training and education, but I um, it kind of just worked out that way and I'm loving it. So um, Quantum is a, a young organization. We're about a year and a half old. And so um, we were going through really massive like scale and growth. We started with six people and scaled to um, over 120 in our first year. And really COVID happened like not long into Quantum's life <laughs> as, a, as a company. And so had we not um, figured out a, a education and onboarding and training system that would work for the organization, I think that we would have struggled more during COVID had that not already been in the works. So it, it ended up being um, really good timing Um, For several years, we really did a lot of training and onboarding and education grassroots. Like, you know, you hire someone, they have a start date, they come on, you start training them, they shadow someone, you put them on the phones, you coach their calls, and that can work. I mean, that's better training than I got when I started in insurance. I had no training when I started in insurance, Um, but it's not scalable. And then you end up with people all over the organization in different locations who aren't getting the same message. So I think having um, agency education that you're driving is the number one way to make sure that uniform message is getting to everyone. So um, I'll give you like a really short just description of what our training and education looks like today in case you have questions and you want to reach out. Um, hey, uh, but it took us a, it, yeah, it took us a while to get there. So if you I also want to give you guys like tips of how you can start if it's something, if, if you're wanting to move from grassroots training to having like a formal program. Um, today, we have a learning management system. We use Tavuti right now, and that allows us to house videos and courses um, online in Quantum University. So it really helps us streamline the process. And it includes quizzes to check for understanding lots of interactive content. So that it's not just videos, which is nice. And we um, combine that with a classroom environment with live workshops, um, group discussions, role plays, and lots of live time um, making phone calls, sales calls with a, a sales coach, mentor, who's reviewing those calls and giving that live feedback to close that feedback loop. Um, and it walks them through a process of about two months before they graduate to a regular pod. And so if you're looking at um, like a formal program, reach out to me and I can definitely, you know, give you tips about what worked and what didn't. But that's not where we started. Um, I think that if you're really trying to start from somewhere, one of the most common pitfalls with training and education is that no matter who you bring on board, whether they're in sales or service or a leadership position, if you ask them like, hey, what do you guys want to get out of training this week or what are you looking for? They're going to ask you for carrier training and they're going to tell you that they want to learn the systems and they're not wrong. Once they have that down, they're going to feel a lot more confident. But at the end of the day, if 
if it came down to it, they could probably figure that out on their own without me. Right. So I try to build the education program around the, what are the most valuable things that they just have to know where if, um, if I could instill this principle in them, it will accelerate their growth so that they don't have to go through years of trial and error and trying everything the wrong way. And, um, you know, hitting a wall with different lead sources and whatnot. So we found that there's a couple key things that, that we always want to like train on live and, and really take like a coaching and mentorship approach with that a video can't replace. And so identifying what those are for your agency is a really great first step. So if you are really, really, really strong at a, cer- at, at a certain way of generating leads or a certain part of the conversation, for us, it's creating a one-call close experience. We can empower the client to end their shopping journey today. That might be something that I'm not going to rely on a video to try to translate. Or maybe your closing method, um, the mission and values of your agency. That's where you want to be um, planning hands-on activities and workshops and getting everybody together for group discussions. So what I would say is think through like, what are the things that are really core to your agency? What are the things that make your agency who it is, make it unique, um, that really drive your success and plan out every time, you know, you train a new person, how are you going to instill those values and principles and good habits into them? The rest of the stuff videos can be great for. If there's, um, if you want to like make a little video to show them how to use ricochet or to, um, understand your quoting system, You could use Loom for that. You could use Zoom for that. And you could make a library of videos that help pass on that library of knowledge that's within your agency to new hires so that they have a great place to get started. And then you're supplementing it with the the coaching and mentorship where you really want to pass along your experience and what's made you really successful to them in like a group environment where people are talking and um, you're talking about questions like, one of the first workshops we do asks the question to the group, like, what, what role does price play in the conversation? And that's something that I feel like is a lot more effective with the group chatting together than just over a video. So all that to say, use videos to make your onboarding more efficient so that when you bring on a new hire, they don't have to shadow one of your top performers every single second to figure out the systems and the, and the quoting and the carriers and, um, and carve out time and have it scheduled when the group's going to talk about things like bundling and overcoming objections to the quote and, um, what value your independent agency brings, because there's, um, there's going to be a lot of coaching that has to go on for, for several weeks for these habits to take place. But what this does is by having those videos um, tackle some of the, the, the technical skills that have to happen and like how to use the system and the quoting of the carriers. If you have videos handling that, it frees you up to be able to bring the value that only you can bring to the training and onboarding experience. Um, And this, another little thing that I'll put on there is the reason that works for us is because we have new hires start on the same day each month. It really works better in a classroom environment where you have at least, you know, two or three, as opposed to like one person starting on the fifth and then one person starting on the 23rd. And that's one of the reasons that we've been able to facilitate like a program type experience for when they come on board. Can you jump quick. in real quick? Oh, you go ahead, Justin. Then I gotta I gotta jump in a minute. It's my All show, right. Justin. 
I'm, I'm sorry, Ryan, Ryan, were you talking about producers or are you talking about agencies just so we can? No, that's great. I was talking about producers specifically. Okay, you, perfect. It's funny. They always hit that hump. Everybody knows it when you're a producer, you see it, you see it in their face. They're like, yeah, producers do and agents do as well, right? I mean, new agents yeah, do as well. All of a so sudden uh, it flips and you're like, oh, they just figured it out. You can see it on their face. Like now they're rolling. Like it's literally like clockwork. You could put it, you set a timer to it. I've always like been really fascinated yeah. by the experience and that's what I love about our industry is the ones that don't hang in there, don't make it. And the ones that do hang in there make a lot of money. So that's what's beautiful about it. It's great. Brian, I will say as a young agent, it just all clicked for me like five months ago. And this is yeah. year four. So and, and yeah, there's some hope. People, yeah, some people take a little longer than others. Some people ch- jump in real quick. And I appreciate you being transparent on that, Mitch. But mm-hmm. now, okay, since I got the floor back on my own show, um, no, I'm kidding. So um, I've got a lot of you know agents on here. I've got carrier reps on here. I've got consultants on here. Uh, glove boxes involved. So right now on this call, but I do want to ask you, as I'm a former carrier rep, do you ever find time to use your carrier reps or some of your insured tech partners or some of those other consultants out there, outside people, to do some of your training at all and use utilize people like Jerry Dubose, for example, who has so much to offer to his agents. Do you take that into consideration too? Or do you use that? Jerry? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And that's such a great resource when, when carriers have either a good training system in place or great reps that could really bring the product to life. It makes a a world of difference to new talent that's learning the system. And, and that goes back to one of the key principles that's try to um, get processes and systems in place so that when you're showing up to train, it's to train on the value that only you can provide. And so um, if I, if I know that there's going to be a great webinar on, you know, the traveler's quoting system, for example, or that one of the carrier reps is willing to come talk to the group, we absolutely maximize that. But what that does is it frees me up to be able to come in and do a live workshop with the group on, okay, when you are bridging from the Raider to the carrier, this is what your conversation should sound like. And we will play call recordings of what it shouldn't sound like. And then how you're going to, now that you've quoted this policy accurately, let's spend time on the coverage consultation and what that's going to look and sound like. And so um, it's absolutely such a, a wonderful resource. So Heath, we do, we actually schedule in reps from different carriers to do live trainings and kind of like connections with our, our W2 employees as well as our agents um, so that they can, so they can get that. We do, we do that a couple of times a month. Um, it's a great resource and uh, everybody should be using that. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And especially, you know, when you've got those at your fingertips, I know that, you know, people like Jerry or even Spencer for that matter, who's been trained on a ton of different systems out there, you know, can come into your agency and free up that time for you to be able to do it. That's amazing. And when you got, you know, consultants out there, whether it's Mick or Brian Ahern or some of those people, you know, that I want to give a shout out to that are on here. If y'all want to unmute and speak up some, Jerry, Brian, any of those people uh, and talk about some of that, uh, don't let uh, the agars just steal it because I put their name on the show now. Y'all can jump in too. I, I love the, the agars, what they have to say. But if anybody else has anything they want to say or any other questions, you know, I'll be quiet and let y'all kind of control this from here. Anybody else have a question? Hey, when I love the, uh, the education you really did behind, you know, do now and for the agency, that's legitimate. I, you guys are doing it right. Um, we taught on really six core strategies, uh, natural market, professional networking, current client referrals, uh, social media, lead providers, like you mentioned, X dates. You know, you didn't sell them this year. You're going to sell them uh, next time, right? Yeah. So that's what we would, would teach on. And I think, 
you're on to something with this education program. It's great. We try to get Thank tactical you. on it. Um, Andy, so, you know, we, we talk about those things and then we talk about the systems and we, we try and actually help them execute on, uh, instead of just knowing that X date's important, what's the system that you have in place to actually do this thing? You know, because we, we all know that the agent, you know, I've been an agent for a long time. Uh, I'm still licensed, um, which I have to get my CE in actually. Um, but, you know, the agent is the biggest bottleneck in, the, in their agency. And that's because they're, they're typically frequently the, the, the most talented person, but they also are HR and recruiting and, and all this other stuff out there, you know? So the, um, you know, I just, I, I think that we have to, to take advantage of, of what we can. We have to make sure that, that the agent isn't the bottleneck in, in what they're doing. Um, and, and they're using the, the, the different resources that they have at hand. So um, resources, yes. you guys are utilizing a great resource right now. What would that be? Which one? The love box. Oh, oh yeah. Love, love box. Yes. Uh, that's uh, good for marketing. I was like, is, is he going to be that? Is he going to put his finger on it that much? I was like, oh, man, it's going straight uh, for the jugular. That's, uh, I always, I always well said that because it's a, a, certainly a lead generation opportunity for an agent and you're providing your agents that resource. So Yeah. You know, and, and we all know that the, the technology stack in the independent world is massively broken and Glovebox fills a, a big need for us. And so, um, Certainly you didn't know. want to put Glovebox on the spot. It was more so well, just you're utilizing <laughs> It's actually yeah. part of the training program for our client care associates. At, at Quantum, we, we do the, the client care and retention for our agency force. And so it's actually a really great outbound call for a new client care team member to cut their teeth on. Mm-hmm. It's just reaching out, checking in on the client, updating their file, Ooh. and walking them through downloading Glovebox. So yeah. it's been a win. I like that. I love that you mentioned X states though, just because a lot of times when we're thinking about, oh gosh, training on anything really, one thing to look for is like, is this process oriented? Does this just tell me how I'm setting up the automation for this X state? Or if I added to this process and this training, how I'm actually going to have a, commu- a conversation with this client. And so I think the two most important things in X state training is number one, do you have the correct contact information <laughs> as much of it as possible? And number two, how thorough were the notes that your team member left about the first quoting conversation? They should have everything in there. Like they were with State Farm. This is how much they were paying. This is the differences I made to their coverages. This and is the reason they decided not to move forward. Because their dog's name is very important. And their dog's <laughs> name and their kids. Because that way, when you're calling back for the X date, you know, 12 months down the road, whatever time it, it, it may be, you're not asking them again. Now, what kind of work is it that you do again? And, you know, all of the questions that you've already asked, you already have rapport and you're just following up. So that, that goes for, you know, win back, win back campaigns and, and the like as well. Contact yeah. information and everything you need for that next conversation. You know, I, I don't want to make light of that dog thing, though, because... When you're an inside sales, um, you know, every little bit of information that you have that, that makes you relevant is important. I, and I, I tell our team members that, that every second that you're on the phone call with somebody, you're earning. Um, and so when, you, when, when, you know, when you're calling out on internet, you're calling out on whatever, you're earning that next second, uh, you, know, uh, you know, every moment of the call. And stuff like knowing their dog's name can give you an instant in where all of a sudden, hey, how's Fido, you know, whatever. Um, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, who, I, 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 actually, I spoke with this person. There is something there. And you can have an entire phone conversation where all of a sudden you earn their trust. Whereas if you didn't have some of that personal information, you know, you'd be fighting for every second and trying to keep them on the phone. But there's, there are some instant ends like that that you can get where 
when you're calling back on the X state, you make it way easier for yourself to, to rekindle and, you know, kind of spark that conversation. Oh, and it's all about building that relationship, building that rapport. Mm-hmm. And I love that you use that. And uh, old school, my dad, you know, when I was learning to knock doors and walk in, dad would say, look around the room. As soon as you get in, find something to relate to, whether it's ducks on the wall or a deer head somewhere mounted. I'm in the South, obviously. <laughs> or you see, pictures, you see pictures of kids, you know, you see – you know, the background of a, of a bridge there you could ask Spencer about California, you know, there's different things in there that uh, you always got to look for. Um, but uh, if anybody else wants to jump in, I had some people text me questions, I guess didn't want to unmute and talk or had to step away for a minute, but I'm going to take the time for me. Anybody want to unmute and ask a question about anything or have any comments real quick? Uh, no, I'll, I'll jump in too now, Heath. Too. Ron. Justin and Caitlin, nice hey, Ron. To you, as always. Um, told you, yeah. told you he was coming. Hey, hey <laughs> a few, yeah, a few minutes late. Apologize for that. But um, Justin, you and I had conversations too, because I mean, Quantum's doing a lot of unique things in kind of various sectors. I mean, you talked about the lead gen standpoint, you talk about the training that you're developing to for the onboarding producers. And I kind of look back when I was a producer at Huntington Insurance. And that was right. I was on the EB side of things too. And that was like right in the middle of ACA when that was coming out. And they tried to bring in salespeople from outside of the industry and stuff too. And I think if that program would have been a lot more honed, I, I probably would have stayed more on the production side versus getting on the insure tech side. Um, so I guess my question to you, and we talked about proprietary of quantum versus this, like long-term wise, you have to get into total specifics, but I see it in tremendous opportunity for you guys to be able to license this out to some really large organizations from a training structure content standpoint too. Cause you know, I know there's other organizations like Marshberry that's done, you know, certain things along those lines too, but I don't know if both of you have put any thought into that. I'd love to hear, hear your thoughts long-term wise. Yeah, no, thanks for that question. You know, this isn't an internal conversation we have all the time, you know, and if you guys have seen our social media, our, our mission is to democratize insurance. And uh, if a few of you are triggered right now, then it's doing its job. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, but for us to actually live that out, we, we constantly try and challenge ourselves and say, what are we doing where we're, we're keeping things too close to the vest? And, and it might, might be making us money, which is great. It might be helping our agents, but is there a greater good out there as well that we could possibly be doing some good in it? So we have uh, pretty frequent conversations around education, technology, and, and the different things that we're doing and when's the appropriate time for us to be able to try and roll some of that stuff out. So I do think, you know, it is important that the quantum value prop for our agencies is that we're giving them our very best, right? These are, these are people that, that trust us with their lives, with their livelihoods, with their retirements, with, you know, their agency and doing good in their community. So it is, that is vital, but I do, I do think that specifically with the education, again, I can speak more to it. You will probably see us rolling out education and, you know, we'll probably roll out some free education just around stuff to, to help agencies, um, you know, over the next six, six months, um, and then long term, you know, you'll probably see some additional education focus on that end. Uh, you know, you know, even stuff like licensing. You know, I I was on a call the other day and talking to a, a licensing provider, saying, "How can we provide free licensing education?" Um, you know, people, there's always going to be a place for people to take it in person. There's always going to be a need for that, but but maybe we can just get it out there and and make it so that anybody across our country can like study for their insurance license and make it easy and make it so it doesn't have you know cost any money. Um, and so we can lower that barrier, you know, it's not a massive barrier, but it's still a barrier. Uh, so whether it's, you know, licensing content, whether it's our own education, we will probably move more in that direction and try and put more of that out for free or, or whatever else it is just to try and, 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 and do good. You know, if, if, if every agency, if every independent agency is doing a better job and uh, running more effectively and, you know, and, and, and creating a better reputation for insurance, I, I think that we're all the benefactors of that thing. Um, 
you know, so I, I could be, I could be more specific than that if you want to, no, I, I think, think you will fantastic. see us pushing yeah. stuff out and trying to leverage. And we do this with our agencies actually, where we in, in home office and kind of our corporate setting, we try and learn stuff and we, and we test out processes um, and try and figure out like a best way to do things. And then we push it out to our agencies. And I do think that you'll, you'll see that flow downstream further where we try and push it out to, you know, some of the, uh, the, the rest of the independent channel. That's awesome. Thanks. Caitlin, did you want to flesh that out further or? Uh, or if anybody else wants good? to jump in, whatever. Uh, I want this to be open for anybody else who wants to jump in too. Yeah, I think I would just add that if, um, if education content is something that you'd be interested in piloting when that program comes out, just send me a DM later. And I'm uh, looking for a core group of people that'll be the first ones to use it. Yeah. And I, yeah, and, and send us a note on like what content is most relevant to you. Like, like what do you need the most help in? You know, where, where are things breaking down? And for agents frequently, it's like, how, how the heck do I onboard somebody without giving up, you know, like not doing anything else for the next six weeks? And so there's, we're going to probably do a lot around that and helping agencies onboard people more effectively. But if you have something that's like, this is my thing that is super painful for me. And, uh, you know, we'd love to know what that is so we can possibly put out some content around it. There you go. Looks like uh, Brian's unmuted. Brian Ahern, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I, I just want to say um, I've been in the industry getting close to 40 years and did a lot of work with independent agents, uh, spent time with the travelers, time with state auto insurance, and just want to say kudos to, to you, Caitlin and Justin, for what you're doing, because I've seen so many agencies that did next to nothing, literally brought people in, gave them a, a, a phone book and said, start making phone calls. So the fact that you're so proactively doing something, and that also comes from, you know, I, I ran a corporate university. So when I heard you're using a learning management system, again, kudos to you because a lot of organizations would not invest in those kinds of things. Um, State Auto had a really successful agency program, but it was geared towards a different market than what you're going for. And I don't know that it would be something that would be as scalable, but it had to do with coaching. And the success of it was the weekly coaching, the accountability that uh, the individuals were getting, because you can get product training from any company and you can get sales training from a lot of organizations. Usually you don't get very good sales training from a company. Um, but when you go to people who are doing sales training, you can get a lot there, but the rubber meets the road, I think, with the coaching and, and how you hold people accountable to what they're learning and how they're putting it into practice. And yeah. the other thing I would encourage you to is... Um, really spend time learning how people learn because that that will probably take your training to the next level because you'll you'll find yourself starting to tweak things i mean as i've learned over the years how people's brains work and adjusted in terms of how i interact with people it's amazing the difference it can make and i think you would be pleasantly surprised at what difference that might make when you start applying that learning of how people learn to what you're teaching people then you'll really start seeing things take off even more. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I got to, I got to echo, I got to echo and give a shout out. You're, you're talking about pace setters and uh, you know, I'm a former pace setter. And again, going back to that accountability was huge for me uh, in my career and my success as an agent. And so, and I know most of you, you know, out there believe in that as well, but I'm sure accountability is part of what you guys do as well at quantum. Um, and so I, I appreciate you stepping up and saying something, Brian. I know you have a lot to offer. Well, and I, I will end with this, that no matter how hard anybody thinks they're working, accountability tends to make them work harder. And, and a quick story, that when, when I was in college, I used to, I had to ride a bike to work 10 miles, busy road. Every night I would ride home as fast as I could. My challenge, my mental challenge was, can I get home quicker? 
tonight than I did uh, the other day because it was a dangerous road to be frank that, that I was riding on. This was like 10, 11 o'clock at night. Wow. So one night I'm riding home as, you know, and again, I'm challenging myself. I'm gonna beat yesterday's time. I'm riding as fast as I think I can until I hear what sounds like a dog barking. And it sounded like a big dog that was real close. <laughs> it was amazing the energy that I found. And accountability quite often is, is that way. People can feel like I'm getting in there early, I'm staying late and I'm working hard, but that accountability might make them get the one call more or make them a little more efficient on the calls that they do make. And, and all of a sudden that multiplier effect of doing that every single day is, is amazing the difference it can make. It's so true. And a lot of times that, that piece is um, one of the first to break because the agent has the intention of holding the team accountable, but there's so many other distractions. So I think that um, to Brian's point, it, it's worth the time. It makes a huge difference. And there's so many different ways you can hold your team accountable. It could be, hey, um, when you're making your calls today, if you, uh, if you have one where you didn't overcome the object objection of the quote, I want you to send me the call recording in Teams. I'll listen to, to it with you later today. They know that you're going to be checking in and following up. And so accountability can mean a lot of different things, but it's closing that feedback loop. It's checking in. It's following up. They know you're going to check in. They know you're going to follow up. They know that you're going to ask them to bring you their results. And um, it makes them, you know, that gives them that little extra that Brian was talking about um, so that they can accomplish more. You know, and what's interesting on this is that uh, the, the coaching thing, the accountability, that's actually one of the things that we faced as we, as we scaled over time and kind of grew our organization. When, when you're, when you have five or 10 people in your, in your organization, if you're an agent, you can touch every single person, you can interact with every single person. So, but, but the higher, you know, as, as you scale and as they become managers and, and kind of like that, that, that middle management layer that, that might grow over time, as you scale your organization, things like having a formal coaching program, things like having um, really accountability built into your processes and things that you're doing are vital because if you don't do that, then the thing that you were able to do because you're an agent and you were sitting next to the person and giving them constant feedback, you lose that thing and then you, you find your, your organization starts to deteriorate over time. Uh, because as you, as you, the agency owner, the, the visionary, the person that's driving this, the heart and soul of the organization, as you pull further away, you really need to have processes that can step in and fill, fill some of the void of you being a little further removed. And, um, you know, there's, there's these, these plateaus that happen kind of as you scale an organization. And I think around the 20, 25, 30 person mark uh, is what is the first one. And now, because now you're not next to your people all day long frequently. Um, and there starts to become, you know, you start to get like a little bit of breakdown, a little bit of, uh, of less efficiency that's occurring. And you have to get your, your eyes on the data, right? You, you can't hold people mm -hmm. accountable if you don't have visibility into what's going on. And so start with yeah. your reporting because your lead management system will have reports. You can see your contact ratio. You can see your lead to quote conversion ratio, your quote to close conversion, your premium sold and your talk time, all that good stuff. That, that stuff you want to be looking at every day or, or your sales manager should be looking at every day. Um, but we also, one thing that made a big difference for us was in reviewing those call conversations. So I now have software for that. If you don't have software for that right now, that might mean a Bluetooth headset and listening to calls live while your team's on the phone or pulling up those recordings late at night after hours. But the sooner you can provide feedback on that call, the better. And you might even have time to help them come up with a strategy for how to close it. 
Um, we now use a system called VoiceOps that does, it uses like machine learning to provide the transcripts of the calls and it labels the behaviors that we're looking for so that we can see at a glance the effectiveness of the call, where it broke down, what the client's need was, how we responded to it, what objections they threw at us, what it sounded like when we gave the price. And you're able to review a call in a much faster period of time than it, it can get a little harder if you're just working from the headset and pulling recordings because you're not sure what you're going to get. You may have to listen to a 40 minute call to diagnose the whole conversation. Um, but um, it, either way, making sure that you're listening to what the client said and thinking through if I was talking to that client. How would I have introduced the agency? How would I have responded to their need? And is the team reflecting that? And then that tells you where you're going to take your coaching from there. That's really good. Uh, I appreciate you guys so much. And I can't believe it's already been almost almost an hour. But I do have a text message that came through. Somebody had to jump off um, uh, or put on mute. But uh, let, me, let me ask this real quick if nobody else has anything. Uh, the question starts off... Um, there's a lot of innovation and ways for agents to grow their business today in comparison to even five or 10 years ago. I'm curious how you prioritize and decide what to focus on since not all of them can be directly tied to revenue. I mean, that's kind of a, it's a large question. <laughs> um, it is, but I wanted to see if we could get it in in 10 minutes. I'm just so for the, for the, when they asked yeah. um, about when they said there's new ways, but not all of them result in revenue. Are they talking about long-term plays there? Can we get a little, more could you read it again yeah i'm just reading off the the, the text but uh, you know it's you know how you you know it just says how you prioritize and decide what to focus on uh since not all of them can be directly to the revenue um so i'm guessing it's just you know where you focus your time whether it's you know education new business renewals what you've got going on in the agency and, and where you focus your training and how you decide where to focus that maybe that's where it would go and if y'all want to interpret that, you know, I've got some, several other boxes here. If y'all want to interpret that as well. I think Justin and I would probably have two different answers on this one. I mean, uh, you can look well, at it from an education standpoint, but also from the, the organization as a whole. Um, you know, from the organization as a whole, why do we exist, right? And I think that using that filter to determine, you know, so, you know, we have a mission, we have vision, we have core values of who we are. And everything that we're doing, we filter through those things. Our core values are the DNA of our organization. Um, and so when we make a choice, it's not always revenue-based. It's, you know, we frequently make choices that don't bring us any more money. We, we invest more in our service team than most out there, you know? And so, we, you know, we, we have a, a lot of service resources. We, we always call clients to renewal no matter what. You know, we do several follow-up touch points along the way, uh, like 28-day welcome calls. So we do things that aren't making us more money that, that we do because I love our clients, you know, that at, at the end of the day, I don't want us to have a, a relationship where we're hiding from our clients and just hoping that they renew. I want us to be, have a great relationship where them where, where they actually find value in what we're doing. And, and so, you know, with, with part of our, you know, with our mission and, you know, trying to change, you know, kind of change the landscape of insurance, we, we want us to, we want to have a really positive optic and we want clients to, we want to try and move the needle for clients away from this is a necessary evil. And I hate my agent. and I don't want to really call them. And, whatever else it is that's frequently happening, you know, we're trying to figure out how can we make it a more positive relationship and how can we make them feel like we actually care about them and we're not just there trying to, to take money from them. And so I think, I think that it comes down to your mission and core values. And if you guys don't have those, then, then spend some time on those. And then that should be the filter for whatever's occurring in your organization. If your core value is money, 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 then, then it makes some money, you know, that's, that's fine. Um, but if your core values tell you something, then, then make sure that 
that you're aligning with those, even if it's not always the popular, even, even if it's not always the money-making option, you, you have to have congruency in, in, in you know, your organization with your core values. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Sorry, I was stuck on mute there. A little Zoom trick there. Um, Kayla, do you want to talk about the education side for just a minute on that, or you want us to move on? I know, you know, we may have some other questions that want to be asked as well. Sure. I, and um, Justin and I make a great pair because he always brings it high level and then I always get really in the weeds. So I would just say that when you mention the word prioritize, the first thing that comes to my mind is the agency owner really has to understand the sales conversation. Um, because if you're not a rock star salesperson yet, you're going to struggle to know who to hire. So it's going to affect your recruiting process. You're going to struggle to be able to identify where your leads are breaking down because your team will always be telling you that the leads aren't as good as they want them to be. And it's going to impact your, your marketing process. And it's going to impact your client care and your renewal process. Um, if you have a really great skills for being able to connect with people and build relationships with them and meet their needs and uncover their spoken needs and overcome objections, it's going to impact your, your retention processes as well. So it's really the first thing. And it's, it's often one of the things that gets pushed to the side because you're, you've got, you know, a new technology system that you need to get up and running and that's going to take months. And you have um, all of these other things that you're taking care of, but if you can dedicate some time to really becoming a master in the sales conversation, it, it does have a real ripple effect on so many other processes that go straight to your bottom line and affect your agency economics. Go. Anybody else in the last, you know, five, 10 minutes, anybody else have any questions they want to ask? If not, I'm going to start calling folks out. Thanks for the great questions, guys. Yeah. Jump in there. You got about five seconds or I'm going to call people out. I'll, I'll jump in with one again, Heath. Um, hey, I love you, Ron. Hey, I, I try. You. But um, when you're looking at the business, um, the business side of things too, you you both have grown the organization at an incredible pace over the last you know, year and a half, two years since you've launched it. Um, and you did mention back in the past from the captive side of things too, how hard it was to understand what good business was, because obviously you want that volume. Um, so now that you're at this point where you are growing so fast, um, how are you kind of being reflective and pivoting based off the business that you are bringing in so you can make sure with your carrier partners, combined ratios, loss ratios, all that stuff is in line because you know I know it's very hard to manage that, but ultimately that's what's going to allow you to grow some of your best markets too and ultimately revenue-wise. Um, I, I, just at that volume, I'm just curious to see how you're evaluating all that and, and what's going to be best long-term. Yeah. Well, it, it all comes down to data, right? Uh, and uh, you know, I, I won't open up too much on, on, on some of the projects we have going on, but, um, the, you know, we want to have great relationships with our carriers and, and really meet their appetite needs. And if we're, if we're trying to shove a, a, a square peg in a round hole, carriers are at some point in time, no matter on the, no, no matter the scale they're, they're going to become unhappy with the relationship. Um, so for us, it's, it's, it's all about data and trying to capture as much data in the process as possible. And, you know, doing stuff like, you know, trying to factor in claims, we we're working on getting that to the point where we can have enough data that we can track back to the lead source and turn on and off lead sources and marketing and Facebook ads and whatever else, or, Hey, when we have this kind of Facebook ad, it results in, in, in clients that have this kind of claims experience. And so, you know, we, you know, I'm not, I'm not really interested in, in a, in a shop that has, you know, people have 10 claims a year and it's a, you know, this kind of constant nightmare. I, I want to have, you know, great clients that, that want to have insurance, want to have good quality insurance. Um, and data is the thing that the powers that, and I'm uh, sure uh, Sid Rose in the background saying amen on, on <laughs> that data conversation. Um, so, so, you know, I, 
I think at the end of the day, you know, knowing that we want to have good clients that have the best lifetime ROI uh, that are going to create good carrier relationships, it's getting the data set necessary to try and track that back in our marketing and where our spend is so that we can acquire more clients like that. Um, and so we're, we're constantly turning off lead sources. We're constantly adjusting, you know, kind of our mix to get more sophisticated on that end and get clients that, that are going to match carrier appetite and have the loss experience that they're looking for and, and all that kind of stuff. Look at that. You had Sid paying attention too. She came on camera for that one. Hey, got Sid, it. Excuse me. I've been paying attention the, the whole time, sir. <laughs> I know you were. I know you were, but I got to see your face on that one. Good job, Justin. You got anything you want to add to that, Sid? I'm just well said, dude. I mean, uh, I think we're used to a power dynamic and conversations with carriers that uh, favors them. And often we just mm -hmm. lean on premium dollars as the thing, capital T, that, that sways the conversation differently. But information is power. And if you can show them where their weaknesses are, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and not in a sort of pointing the finger way, but in a way that says, okay, let's, let's put the guns down. You care about the customer and I do too. Let's figure out how to keep them. Um, let's figure out how to cross-sell them better. You know, let's tango instead of stepping on each other's toes. Um, that's, a, that's a conversation that this industry hasn't really had before because we haven't had the data. Um, so just, I could hug you great guys right now. It's awesome. We have to come down to Dallas for that, Sid. So and one of the things that you guys are doing, you know, one of the things that you guys are doing, and what I love about this is that it's always, you know, it's typically been a premium game because we didn't have better information than that. But, and, and carriers are looking at that and saying, well, you know, maybe we're making money, maybe we're not. But it's a completely different conversation if you go back to that carrier and say, I'm giving you this kind of, this level of profitability. And without me, you know, you're going to lose millions of dollars of revenue. Our ability to put our finger on that, you know, shifts the power dynamic, like you said, from purely, hey, I'm putting premium on the books to now. I'm giving you tons of profitability. I'm giving you great clients and you would miss me uh, if I was gone. So, yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead. So sorry. Go ahead, Sid. I was going to say profitability. Also, we've we've had a lot of carriers ask about, you know, customer personas. It's amazing how much carriers don't know. I, I came from the agency world, so I just assumed carriers had all the information and, and they were just, you know, keeping it from uh, agencies. And the more right. you question them and the more you ask, the more you realize they, they really don't have the answer because agencies are the ones with the relationship, right? So yeah. understanding uh, why do certain customers leave or stay, um, how competitive are certain uh, you know, books, all of that information really comes at the agency level because they're the middleman. They see the whole picture uh, or middlewoman. So uh, profitability, I mean, the, the the width or breadth of conversations we're not having is, yeah, it, it's untapped, I would say. Yeah. And I, I that's one of the things. Go ahead. Go ahead, Justin. <laughs> that's one of the things I love about Aureus and their Donna product. And I think Ron's still on here um, is, is, you know, you guys are getting the data, you know, they're working on the algorithms and, and there's a, a great play, you know, kind of occurring in the space where, um, you know, us understanding what the opportunity is, understanding why clients are leaving, understanding what does it mean to email a client at renewal versus calling them and understanding like the actually putting numbers behind that. So we can say, hey, you know what, you're going to give up 1% of your client base at renewal if you just send them a kind of a, an email versus an outbound call or whatever else that thing is. I think that the ability to power our agencies with that level of data is going to empower us to then say, you know what, I want to keep that 1% of clients. I want to make that decision. I just didn't have the information before to, to, to make a good decision with it. And I can't help 
trying to land the plane on the ground level with this one, guys, because <laughs> this applies to frontline sales as well. Because your top performer in your agency might not be the person who is closing the highest amount of premium. It might not be your top salesperson. And mm -hmm. that information is in your data. So if would you rather have a salesperson that's closing $80,000 a month, but their cost of acquisition per sale is 300 bucks and their retention is like 60%? Or would you rather have someone who's closing $30,000 a month, but they're not burning their leads, their cost of acquisition per sale is like 100, and their clients are sticking? Obviously, we'd rather have the higher quality, consistent business where they're not burning leads and um, you know having retention issues. And so being able to gauge the profitability of the individuals within the agency is really the first place to start with that. Yeah. And, you know, as we're, as we're having this conversation, you know, Jerry's still here and uh, Spencer's here. We got some carrier reps on here. Do y'all be thinking, hey uh, you know, we love you. This is not a, a knock on carrier reps by any means. Sid loves her carrier reps. So does Caitlin and Justin. Yes. Anything you want to add to that? You know, you have anything that, you know, sparks anything in you on in this conversation? Well, it's all been great. You know, Justin and Caitlin, you guys have an awesome perspective. Um, you know, big advocate for iron sharpens iron, you know, so what you guys said today, I, it's true, you know, and, and personally, I appreciate the, the comment about the independent agency lacking the education, you know, because I really do believe the same thing. I think the one advantage that the captive entities have is that bank account up front of sitting those producers down and making sure that when they get out <laughs> to the other side, you know, with what little they've got to work with, they're doing it. You know, and so I think, you know, people like you, you know, echoing that out makes bigger organizations take a look and say, hey, what are we doing to add value to the agencies? You know, and you said it perfectly. The aggregator model should not be about carrier access entirely. You know, you can put 101 carriers in there, but if you can't sell you'll never close it. You know, it doesn't matter what the price is. And so from that perspective, I really appreciate kind of the push and saying, you know, we need to take a deeper dive, you know, and bring this all the way down, you know, because I think on the aggregator level, we have high value conversations, large book size, you know, and, and it's very easy to kind of forget about bringing that conversation all the way down to the mom and pop shop and saying, hey, look, you know, this agency is reflective of this type of customer. You know, it's not a bad thing. And, and kind of being that advocation and saying, hey, you know, it doesn't have to be exactly the way it looks on the carrier side. Um, and so I just thought it was great. Thanks for, for having me on. Heath. Thanks, Spencer. Spencer, that was great. Jerry, you unmuted. Get him, Doug. <clears throat> no, I, I think Spencer said it right. I mean, I like the the way that education is coming more from, you know, it's coming. And um, as somebody who does weekly webinars, I mean, for our agencies, um, you know, I think it's just a great way to, you know, teach these agents exactly what we're looking for, even though we don't hit on the, the sales aspect of it. I, I mean, I wish we had more time to do that. Uh, but, but with the little amount of time that we do have, um, you know, we try to just hit policy form, but, you know, at renewals, what do you guys want from, from the carrier reps? You know, what is something that we could do to help you guys at renewals, you know, to, to move things along and make it a little bit better? You know, we don't really need help at renewals. What we need from carriers is more data on what's occurring, whether it's the, the carrier's call center uh, or kind of like the, the, the ins and outs, you know, and so, 
I think it's been said several times, but it's been interesting to see, you know, when, when carriers start asking you questions, occasionally it seems like the emperor has no clothes and you're like, wow, you know, I wish you guys had a lot more information. I thought that a multi-billion dollar organization would have uh, uh, some, <laughs> some data nerds up in here. Um, you know, but I think giving us the information that we need to empower us, uh, it, you know, is really beneficial. And so stuff like if the client has a price increase, um, you know, after new business, you know, what's, what's their chance of falling off, uh, you know, at renewal, uh, you know, ha, you know, if they have a price increase, you know, what's the chance of falling off? I think empowering agents with, with, with the data is really what they need. And, uh, you know, it's not hard to jump on and make a renewal call, you know, that, that's super easy, but being able to triage in your agency and know, you know, which clients should be getting this kind of call. And, you know, we call all of our clients, like, you know, like, uh, like was said earlier, but for a lot of agents, you know, they don't. And so if they can figure out a way to better equip them to be more pointed in what they're doing, um, and tell them, hey, you know what, if you don't call this person, you're going to have a 5% higher chance of, of losing that client. That's, that's meaningful data that they could, you know, benefit from so they can, so they're empowered to, to make that decision. There you go. I guess uh, that's my cue to wrap up. It's been a, it's been an hour. It, it's been some good content. Uh, Agars, I love you both more than you know. I did want to give a shout out to mm -hmm. Rob who just jumped in here. If y'all hey, know, he, 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 did I just, did I just miss this? I think I, I got it wrong on the calendar, man. Dude, it, 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 that's okay. It's all good. It's all good. Hey, I love you. If you know me, you know, I love Canopy Connect and you love my, <laughs> I love my connection there. So I get to shout that out. And then, you know, Spencer was smart choice. I got my sponsors uh, helping me out and being here with me. So thank you, Justin, Caitlin. Thank y'all so much for being here with us. Any final, you know, 30 seconds, any final words you want to, you want to say here before we hop off? Heath, it was a blast. Thank you. And before we hopped on, we really hadn't um, planned what we were going to talk about. So we just, it kind of unfolded as a, a training and education kind of day, but that was fun for me because that's a hot topic that, that never gets boring for me. So thanks guys. Yeah. And on my, my side, I would just reiterate, you know, uh, if you're an agent and if you don't have a mission and core values and, and defining who you are and what your agency is and why you exist. Take, take a moment and, and codify that because at the end of the day, it's important that, that, that we're living out our purpose, right? Um, and you're going to feel a whole lot better about yourself and about your agency and about the reason that you're here on earth if, if you're actually living that out on a daily basis. And so uh, do me a favor, you know, hit, hit that up. If you guys need any help on that, uh, you know, we'd love to help. If we can be a resource, uh, you know, let us know. We're not just here. We're not, you know, Quantum is not just here to make money. You know, we're, we're, we're here for a, kind of a greater good, if you will. And if Kayla and I, um, you know, and our team can be a resource, you know, let us know. That's, that's, that's literally why we exist and what we're trying to do in the space. There you go, guys. This, this was awesome. It felt like a just high powered clubhouse room, but anyway, I, uh, <laughs> I loved it. And I'm so blessed and honored to be able to do this show. And you guys allow me to live out a dream every single day to be a podcast host for a living. So this is super cool. Thank you guys very much for being here. Thank you, Agar. Thank you for all the people that joined and asked questions. Uh, I love you all. And we'll talk next week. Love your podcast, Heath. Thanks for bringing great content. And I always look forward to these town halls. Thanks, Thanks Heath. Awesome. Bye, everyone. Hey, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us today in Insurance Town. I really appreciate it. I hope you had a good time. I hope the content we brought you made you a better insurance professional. Be on the lookout for more town hall meetings in the future. We try to do one a month. We'll see. Summertime may slow down a little bit. 
I, I really uh, I'm so appreciative of my sponsors. I'm so appreciative of you listening. I, I really am excited. And we've got some other exciting stuff going on. We may have a sheriff election. Uh, we've got some other cool stuff. Make sure you uh, tune in and check it out. And if you're listening right now, again, I'm going to try this two weeks in a row. If you're still listening to the outro, send me an email. Uh, send me a text. Find me on LinkedIn. Let me know you made it to this part in the outro. And I'll send you a little something, something. Uh, thanks again. By the way, if you have an idea for your own show, uh, or if you want to have your own podcast, or you know somebody that does, reach out to my friends over at Ready Set Podcast. That's getreadysetpodcast.com. Ready Set Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys. I'll hang out with you again next week.